day. So every day we start fresh because we can't affect the past, but we damn sure can make a difference today. We're back with episode 68 of Shop Talk. It's Jennifer. And Carrie. And we're discussing 506 of the Rookie and 105 of Rookie Feds. So we do have a little bit of news. The Rookie Feds uh, have a new episode description for 107 titled Countdown. This episode airs on November 15th. So we're taking a break for November 8th because it's Election Day in the U.S., um, and it says, while searching for a missing scientist in the Angeles National Forest, Simone and Carter uncover an eco-terrorist plan to detonate dirty bombs across the city. Meanwhile, Brendan taps into his own profiling tactics to find the perfect birthday gift for Laura. And I just know that Carrie is literally dying inside right now. Oh my god. Stop it. Because we're actually going to get another birthday in the rookie universe. Are you kidding me? Yes. Oh, my God. Okay, I literally... completely wrong, though. It's going to be wrong, and then she's going to give him shit for it. Yeah, but either way, that's so good. Are you kidding me? No, I know. I'm so... No, I hope it it is right. Like, I don't doubt him, but just, like, I just... I feel like... Or, like, she's going to try to, like, trip him up or something. Oh, God. There are so many... I'm just running with this now. It's fine. Don't worry about me Luckily, i also i also love that they're like bringing back the mention of his profiling tactics because mark in the last episode or whatever like had mentioned that so yeah it's well, good to see but yeah so we get brentson and carter and simone again yay oh i mean they're like our main pairings but <laughs> still like always like carter and simone are like out like trekking like wherever yeah. across the globe and then like Brenton's just like stuck at the station let yeah. me like you know have all this interpersonal like business happening like I mean the- I'm here for it but same. it's so funny it's like same thing like same what it, I don't even know what the saying is like same it's like same story same, different day yeah that yeah or like different genre or whatever the heck it is like I don't know like yeah. I'm I'm not against it but no, I'm also I'm just not. like it's just funny okay can we um can we just like maybe switch places i don't know i would also kind of like to see like carter and brendan and lauren simone like work together to solve the case more so than just like have a scene or two yeah but fun for sure but yeah yeah here for it yep for it for sure yeah i mean Carrie'll just like be losing her mind during the brunts and stuff but you know it's fine i usually do everyone say a prayer for her jump right into the episode because it, there's a lot um do you want to start off with uh the bank call for the sure. rookie yeah um so of course we had like a classic cold open which is always fun to see um i just thought it was funny because it's like it was a cow like someone that was kind of dressed like a cowboy and had a bunch of knives like the knives like went on for like a full minute it was like so funny um and I honestly never knew there were like that many kinds of like ver- like variety yeah <laughs> of knives that you could have us like dude why like it was just classic and I enjoyed like the you know like it kind of I don't know I like at least lately it kind of feels like it's going back to like season one or like season two mm-hmm. vibes a little bit yeah like, lately in certain aspects of episodes and so 
I don't know. It was just fun. So I figured I'd include it since it was uh, John and Selena, of course, yeah. had that <laughs> call. It was just funny, though, because like Nolan really did like most of it. Like Selena was just kind of like hanging back like, OK, mm-hmm. I'll just kind of wait so I can put the guy in the shop. And like they like barely did because yeah. they'll get having more knives to deal with. It was ridiculous. Um, But anyway, like their main um case doesn't start until a little bit later um poor selena's like super tired and is like yawning and like they're at the station getting um like the war bags for the day and stuff and like she's telling nolan how like her rem cycles off but she was it wasn't like this at the academy um and then john being john you know gives his like two cents like he always does and like you know about how he and his ex tried to get like Henry to sleep and like you know did the swaddling technique and all those other things and Selena's like yeah I don't really think any of that applies to me (laughs) and like it it really doesn't so like I don't but you know um it was so good I love their dynamic mm -hmm. yeah well because then like cut to the next part right and like she's like going on about these like you know ways to kind of like create a relaxing environment you know, like set the thermostat have all these like you know like relaxing scents and things and then like while she's rattling those off like she's driving and no one's like red light red light red light <laughs> like trying to like interject it and then like she almost does like she doesn't really notice but she like barely manages to stop in time and so that's why he's like yeah no I'm driving now um and that's when they get the bank call so um I'm assuming John like drives them over uh to the bank which like so I was tweeting that last night and I was like wait wasn't she not supposed to drive for like the first six months of her rookie period I don't know because I don't know if that was just like a like a first day thing Nolan yeah because like on the first day like nothing went right so then it was just kind of like don't let her drive again yeah um or if that is like a probationary like prohibited thing i don't know i just thought about it last night and i was like wait now granted we don't know like time jump in this but like Mm -hmm. also isn't she not supposed to drive like i don't know i just thought that was interesting um so we're assuming nolan drove them to the bank um this is where well there's like a woman named Macy Tompkins and she's like at the bank and tried to deposit some bills but like the bank's alarms went off because they're I guess connected to a law enforcement investigation um Macy insisted she's like I got them from someone after I had a garage sale like they you know she made a thousand dollars on this handbag and um like John turns to Selena's like can you start a card and she like already dozed off it was so funny but, you know, she wakes up in a couple of seconds. She's like, yep. Mm-hmm. And he's like, welcome back. And I was like, oh, I just thought that was funny. Um, and, like, so it kind of, I don't know, the, the episode really just, like, cut, like, interspersed scenes a lot uh, yeah. this week. And so it was, like, we don't immediately see the next part. But they're, like, a couple of scenes later, they're called to, well, uh, like, literal dumpster fire um with the LAFD like Bailey's there and everything um and there's money that's been burned and Selena makes that you know like not quite a joke because it's like a literal observation of this woman had money to burn um and I just thought it was funny she's like 
I'm really tired. I'm sorry. <laughs> like yeah. she, she was just trying to play it off. Um, which I mean, I don't know. It kind of that definitely is kind of like a like Lucy or like season one Nolan thing to do. Yeah. Like try to make oh, yeah, like, for a sure. joke and like play it off as it like wasn't that you know like yeah funny. Even though I mean, like I appreciated it. Like, yeah, I thought it was good. Um, but anyway, so like they're kind well, like Nolan's guessing that, um like the burnt cash is from like an old like crime because like the there's like a tracking device on it it's like at least like 10 or 15 years old because like the new ones are all like you know microchipped and have gps and all this stuff and this one just looks like an older one um it does end up being uh dea um because like nyla and angela um pull uh john and selena into a meeting with uh, Xavier and he's a DEA agent whose old partner Robert Buckley set up a buy with a mid-level dealer named Winslow Harris um, but no one knows like what happened after the deal until they found like they found Robert's body later but like no one knows like what happened like in between that time um, and he hasn't you know and Xavier's been like searching for these answers for like a decade um so he's glad that like there's at least something to like kind of like jump start things again mm-hmm. um and so they're like they're driving um to go kind of um see like what's up with because they have to figure out how like macy connects to winslow so like they're thinking okay maybe we just like dig into her life and dig deeper into it yeah um and like as they're driving selena kind of has a hunch that like Xavier and Rob are like more than friends and um she ends up being right and like I think I think it was Amanda on Twitter maybe that had pointed out like the partner line like reminded her of like mm-hmm. Chicago PD and like the Rojas yeah. thing I was like and yeah, the fact, so then I caught on to the fact that like Xavier and him like met in intelligence too mm-hmm. and I was like oh <laughs> my PD loving heart yeah oh we could have yeah. had it all I'm not still bitter at all about it it's fine yeah. no big deal yeah um yeah so I just thought that was kind of like and it was just interesting to have that like little not even really a parallax or different universes but whatever you know we're rolling with it mm-hmm. here that's what we do um and so they're going over to macy's like super luxe apartment um and you like find that the doors open um so they like go in and she's she's dead uh inside the apartment and so they're like coming through the scene um Xavier finds uh it's like a kind of like necklace um that like matches the one that like harris used to wear and so he's like okay like i'm betting it's like his um so they really have to like dig down even deeper and like tear um macy's life apart to like find winslow so they can like find that like major connection so they can track him down um I guess the major well another break in the case is that they like combed through Macy's computer and it was discovered that she was on a sugar baby's website so like that might be how she met Harris um 
Although really, though, I mean, honestly, Selena's dream is kind of what like really cracked open the case, though, which was so mm-hmm. funny that she just like, <laughs> I don't know that again, this is why I could not be an actor because like when Lissette was delivering those lines, I was just cracking up. She completely. was like so dead serious about it. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, how do oh. you say? Because she's like, I had a dream that Winslow was a showgirl in a diamond bra and they were, you know, we were dancing the uh-huh. tango and then like, I just became really thirsty. Yeah, and I woke up and I'm just like, "How do you say all that? Like, it literally makes no sense." Yeah. And then you got I me mean, like, because she was at, and you'll get to do it. Obviously, she was at the mm-hmm. one, and then like she had Bailey, kind of you know, like inferring things. It was just so funny, um, so good. Yeah, um, and I mean, you know, and John being John, this is how they, you know, he has to roll with these things now. Um, you know but they do their due diligence um they check up on this like kind of theory um it proved to be somewhat helpful because they know that since like he used to you know he was around boats and like sailed the coast a lot um that you know obviously maybe it has to do like the like water connects to that which then also apparently connects to macy's credit card statements like pointing to the marina um and Xavier's like well I would have heard about if he got like back into the trade um and so then Nyla's like well maybe he got like a legit job there and then they had said kind of you know the relationship between like Macy and Winslow had to be like legit too because that would explain how he got into her apartment to like kill her um and I love how Nyla was just like pointing out she was like the pier is like a lot like we can't cover all that area um but apparently like macy's like card like landed a lot at like pier nine like that area so they go there first um well xavier selena and john do um and like i mean backup was supposed to come why didn't like it like why didn't Nyla and Angela Yeah, go? like, I thought they were going to be the backup. But yeah. No, I was like, where were they? I was like, what? I never thought of that until now. And I was like, yeah, where, where were they? I feel like they're not out in the field as much yeah. anymore. And I, I don't know. I don't like that. But I'm also like. Well, I guess maybe Angela was at the asses. deposition still. They're dealing with that. And then Nyla yeah. was dealing with Halloween thing. I don't know. You know, they yeah. have their own stuff. But still, I was like, where is backup regardless of who it was? But anyway. Yeah. You know, you got to gotta do what you got to do. And yeah. so, like, it's just, it's the three of them um, versus, you know, one of Winslow. Um, they do eventually spot him. He's, like, trying to, like, pack things up and, like, get ready to, like, you know, escape in this, like, random blue, like, fan. And I'm like, dude, why? Like, no. <laughs> like, he's yeah. literally, like, out in the middle. I'm like, that's not a good hiding spot like he yeah. tried but he failed miserably <laughs> yeah um so they do end up like getting into a standoff with him um it was very this also kind of reminded me of pd though you know how you get like the one person like getting the uh-huh. stuff, like, talking and stuff yeah. and then you get like the other few like coming around the back so like yeah he could t- you know like surprise them or whatever so that's kind of what they did um yeah with like john and selena going around um and then Xavier and Winslow were like exchanging words and things um but like that method did allow Xavier to like put the cuffs on Harris himself and like get 
that like you know vindication for his partner mm-hmm. um and so it I mean it had like a nice wrap-up because um as Xavier Lake was telling them later that like you know he was good after you know the words Winslow and consecutive life sentences were said so mm-hmm. um justice was was served there yeah so yeah it ended up being a bank like a bank call turned into a cold case uh-huh in a way yeah like i didn't know how to like type it out in the outline crazy. i was like this isn't like a bank heist but like yeah. yeah it was just i felt like this episode was kind of like all over the place because like yeah. you said there weren't like very like the transitions like that the scenes were interspersed so i feel mm-hmm. like it was similar to one from last year from last season and i don't remember which one i feel like maybe it was the halloween one but i could be thinking of a different one but oh gosh halloween one last year was the zombies yeah and maybe that crazy medicine uh-huh and the clip talk thing La- last year's halloween episode felt more like a halloween episode maybe because it was actually on halloween i don't know but yeah like i saw screenshots of today of this episode like on twitter today being monday and i was like i didn't even notice the pumpkin decorations like on angela's desk and stuff i noticed the pumpkins i noticed the spider web the bats and the pumpkins yeah i noticed the bats but i don't know i'm still like i don't really know what like the major plot twist was yeah (laughs) i felt like this episode like everyone was just like running around and like just kind of doing their own thing like i don't know yeah but anyway, I mean, that was that was that part of the episode. Yeah. So now we have Wesley and Elisha. So Wesley's like sitting at the kitchen table thinking about something. And Angela's like, yeah, so we're still on for date night, right? Like, we've got the sitter. We're good. And she's, you know, asking if he's worried about the deposition. And Wesley's worried that Elijah could like walk. Um, and Angela's you know just reassuring him that that won't happen like they can depose her gray and half the midwilshire station and it won't change who elijah is so like wesley's still just kind of like iffy about it um and he's just like yeah i just wish i knew more about the strategy and like i don't even know who elijah's defense attorney is um and apparently the da's office has a firewall between him and anything regarding elijah and angela just mentions how it's a rico case and um, so like everything against Elisha is solid and you know they're like they'll they'll be desperate to find something that will change that and uh, Wesley's like yeah but the fact that it's a Rico case worries me because anyone who's involved in the organization is on the hook and Wesley was part of that and Angela's like yeah but you were under duress so like technically yes you were a part of the organization but you didn't do it at your own free will um so then wesley like gets to work and he sees monica finding out that she's elijah's lawyer and wesley's like you know telling her that it's a mistake she doesn't want to be involved with him um and she's like well i've got him on an 800 an hour month or whatever retainer like i'm good um and so she leaves to like make a quick call and del monte asks wesley how he knows her 
And it turns out that they went to law school together. And Del Monte's like, really? What should we know about her? And Wesley's like, well, she's smart and she's ruthless. And we used to be engaged. So she also knows that. I felt like the plot twists were just coming like all over the place with Wesley in this episode. I was like, I was Maybe not was expecting Wesley. that. Maybe that's yeah. how the promo like misdirected yeah. us. Because like, I mean, it's people that on Twitter mayhem. already figured out like the you know Chris was in the scene, which mm-hmm. I didn't even catch on to like while watching the promo anyway. Yeah, so. the promo was saying like mayhem. I was like this seems like a pretty tame episode i mean even with with the wesley stuff i was like okay i mean selena kind of caused a little bit of mayhem with her sleepiness yeah but i don't know i don't know i feel like the promo did kind of bait us a little bit (laughs) i feel like that's what promos though are meant to do so yeah um, but when Monica leaves to make a quick call, like Del, yeah, Del, Del Monte asks how he knows her. And then, you know, so we see Monica deposing Wesley and, you know, she's asking how he got involved and like she wants him to paint her a picture, as she says, mainly wanting him to spill that she went straight to his wife and didn't go through like the rigmarole of opening a case with the LAPD. Like he didn't start at the front desk. He just like went right in. Um to who he needed to talk to and so she questions the sting operation and she's like you know it was allowed to proceed under like such a you know obvious conflict of interest and wesley's like well we had a mutual interest in the truth and the way that he said that i was just like yes like you go dude (laughs) they were like so sassy with their stuff wopez i was like yeah i just like couldn't stop looking at his eyes like his eyes were very blue in all the like uh, deposition yeah scenes. and I was like okay I should be focusing but I just <laughs> staring at Sean's face yeah oh my gosh yes yeah listen but no I, I mean won- like, I won't I won't deny ground, that though he stood his yeah. ground and like but st- it was just kind of weird though to like see someone like be like up there in like arguments with like Wesley. yeah because it's like only ever like it was interesting to see him like being questioned as if he was not a lawyer that was the thing i was like okay this is different but yeah yeah so then she's like well is it common for detectives to work cases involving relatives and he's like no it's not but like this was a different situation so she asks who arthur andrews is and you know he witnessed a murder committed by one of elijah's relatives and uh Wesley represented Arthur as a favor to Elijah. So, like, Monica brings that up. And Wesley's like, well, I was threatened, but yeah, sure, whatever. And so he could have questioned Arthur in his office, but it was more convenient to do it at home. And so Monica, obviously, like, she's looking for every way that she can spin this. She tries to spin it that, like, he wanted to intimidate Arthur and didn't want any witnesses. Um, But that actually wasn't why and wesley's like well i went there after elijah ordered me to and undermined to undermine arthur's credibility so wesley states more facts on elijah monica goes back to the fact that wesley called in a tip about an illegal firearm in arthur's home and how the tip like saved his life so monica again tries to spin it back to wesley saying that his client went free because he damaged the witness's reputation which I guess I mean I can kind of see like Elijah brought that up at the end I don't know I was like 
why can't we just believe Wesley here? Like, I know that it's for sake of drama and like we have to like kind of draw this out, but like, why can't we just believe Wesley? Like, Monica knows him. She knows what, like, she knows that he's a good guy. Well, I don't know. He cheated on her, but that's a whole other story. So, mm-hmm. so then Monica brings up their five year relationship and Wesley like storms out. And so Del Monte follows Wesley and he's like, you know, don't focus on her. The facts are on our side. And um, he's like, listen, I got to ask how it ended. Like, just because I want to know where things could go. And Wesley's like, well, right out of law school, like she went, she targeted the most powerful firm. And like, I rented a space next to the aquarium. Like we just had different goals in mind. Um, And so later in the episode, Wesley's at the bar and Monica shows up. Like, I wonder that wasn't the bar that they were going to go to for date night. So, like, how did she know that he was going to be there? I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm just, just... going to assume it's, like, close by, like, yeah, or something. Or if it's, like, I don't know if it's, like, supposed to be the same bar he went to in, like, 210. Yeah. 209. I don't know. I just have questions um, when it's I don't know. random old stuff like that. But yeah, it was odd. So then she sees whiskey and she questions it and, you know, they hash it out more, argue and everything. And so he tells her once again that Elisha is dangerous and she's like, I think I can handle him. Like, I've got this. Angela then walks up and Monica's like, oh, it's great to meet you, Detective Lopez. And Angela's like, and who are you? And then Monica leaves. She's like, you know, I'll let you two, like, talk this out or whatever. And so um, Wesley's like, it's not a big deal. Like, she's just the lawyer representing Elijah. And he's like, and by the way, we used to date. Actually, it was more than that. We were engaged for about a year. And then he hits us with another plot twist. And he's like, and I blew it up. I cheated on her with the coworker. And, like, we cut over to Angela. And you can just see her eyes, like, all glassy. And she's like, well, so much for date night. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, okay, when we first met Wesley, or, like, when we first met Patrice, did we know that he was engaged before? Because I can't remember that. No. Okay. So this was just, like, learn more about Wesley night. I mean, Angela, like, thought, like, way back in season one or whatever that Wesley was cheating on her, but it turned out to be because he was taking his stepmom out to dinner or whatever on valentine's yeah. day so yeah. like that didn't turn out to be anything and it was yeah it was never like nothing ever like that was brought up again yeah oh i was just like okay i don't remember if we learned this about wesley or not but like wow are we gonna get with the plot twist yeah so i'm just going with that was the plot twist because i was like pardon yeah like what well he did that okay when when it was said that he was first engaged i was like okay i can like look past that because look at where he is now and then it was like he cheated on her and i was like say what i was literally that dog gif of like him kind of looking to the side and like you know kind of turning over or like moving over um and the rookie rewatch had tweeted like shop talk and they were like jennifer did you like what do you think of this and i was like listen i'm not a fan of it but i still love wesley ever so (laughs) Mm -hmm. i mean what can i do 
it's like me and Will Halstead in that. Like the dude does stupid things, but I can't mm-hmm. deny him. So, yeah. Yep. So then Angela is talking to Monica the next day, being deposed, and Angela, you know, Monica like kind of starts off with small talk, and Angela just cuts it short. And so Monica's going through the facts and she's like, I would keep a close eye on him. But Angela's like, I don't have to because I trust my husband. And so Monica tells her that Merritt's killer is prepared to testify that Wesley paid him to commit the murder. And Angela cuts her off again saying like, she knows that didn't happen because he's not a killer. Elijah is. And so Monica lays it out what she thinks and, you know, they start arguing and then Del Monte just suggests taking a break. And Monica's like, yeah, we need to talk in your office. And so we see Monica threaten that if they take it to trials, she will drag the DA's office through the mud. And so Wesley and Angela are then like talking in his office, I'm assuming. And he's like, you know, I was a different person back then. I was just trying to follow my dad's footsteps, Um, you know, big office, like fancy job or whatever. And he was miserable. And so it was a, he's like, it was a stupid way to blow up a life that would make me unhappy, but you know i did what i did so um then he reassures her that he would never cheat on her and she's like oh i know you wouldn't it's because you're afraid of me i loved that line because i was like that is classic lopez when it like calls back to like chenford when they're talking in the shop or whatever and it's like we yeah like wesley because we fear lopez and i'm like yeah well and it also goes back to like angela and nyla talking about like you yeah know, how they're both like terrifying <laughs> to yeah. other people and I mean, it even goes back to last episode when, you know, yeah. Angela's brothers were like, he's a brave man. And Wesley's like, no, it's because I know that she like loves people close to her or whatever. But then Wesley's like, no, it's because I love you. And I don't know. It just, Wopez. Like, that's all. That's all that I can say is Wopez. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Del Monte comes in and he tells them that they're dropping the case against Elijah. I was and, like, wow, way to ruin a moment. There's a lot of yeah. that. There's a couple more times of that going on. Literally, Del Monte and Chris need to learn how to read the room. Apparently. Like, they're lawyers. They're smart must enough. Be, must just be a DA thing. Yeah, but, like, Wesley doesn't ruin the moment. Well, yeah, because he's the exception to the rule. <laughs> <laughs> Wesley is the smart one in this, in the DA's office. Like, Chris and Del Monte need to learn how to read the room here. I mean, we have like nothing like majorly against them, but it was just, I was just like, really? I was like, come on. Yeah. Like, you guys are killing me here. I was like, listen, we don't need any more moments ruined here, <laughs> especially by Chris. But like, that's, that's another story. We'll get there. So, <laughs> sorry, I just had realized that. I was like, wow, he ruined that moment and Chris ruined Chenford's. I was like, dang yeah yeah they just anyway continue (laughs) go away um (laughs) so then del monte's you know Lopez is like no what do you mean like we're dropping this case and so del monte's like there's just too much risk trying to take it to trial and wesley's like well i put my family in danger so and now we're dropping it like what the heck and del monte's just like well we're playing the hand that you know you dealt us wesley which like what does that mean they're, he's playing the hand that Wesley dealt them. What, like, Wesley screwed up the case, so they're just not taking it to trial? Well, like, just, like, just... there's probably, I mean, cause I, like, remember, like, last season when, like, 
he was kind of already like on the fence about even doing a Rico case anyway. Like they knew it was a big gamble, yeah. I think. And so it's just like just the way just based on how the depositions <laughs> went, you know, yeah. what like like with what happened with like both of them, I just feel like there's maybe like too many holes that were poked. Yeah. And you just didn't wanna risk it but that just like sucks though because it's like you would think you'd want to help out your co-worker but I mean yeah we see that on other well at least I see it on like other courtroom shows where it's like you know you have to take like the win as a whole not like just for you know one person it might help so. yeah yeah it was just I was like dude you're literally saying what Monica just said but okay so then Wesley's like walking out of the office at the end of the episode and Elijah gets out of the car. I mean, at this point, I was like, okay, we had seen Brandon's name like come up on the screen yeah. and we hadn't seen him yet. So I was like, oh man, he's showing up. Well, I didn't realize it was going to be right at the end and like yeah. they like faded out, you know, like they had the car go yeah. and it faded to black. I was like, that's clever. Yeah. But also my jaw was still like, drop the whole time it was like i was watching like their first scene again it was still yeah. like, like the music again i was like shit yeah <laughs> I, hate, I hate but i love scenes like that that are yeah. so tense and yeah yeah so then elijah like reminds him that he always wins and wesley's like you really think that this is over like no and Elijah says that Wesley messed up his case so bad, so he thinks that he has a two-year pass and coming after him would be unseemly given how compromised him and the LAPD look. Um, and Wesley's like, well, don't count on that. But Elijah's like, I'm untouchable. Gotta go. See you later. Like, I, I have other business to take care of. So that's where we leave off on the Wesley and Elijah stuff. And we don't know when it picks back up because the episode descriptions for... The next few episodes do not say anything about Elijah. So, yeah. But I also feel like the episode descriptions have been not vague, but just very, like, short lately. Like, yeah. they don't say anything about Chenford. One, yeah, because they don't want to give away Chenford, but, like, also. Yeah. Hence yeah. why we never got any promo picks for this episode. No, but we did get two sneak peeks, and they were both Chenford, so... I'll take it. I'll take it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Speaking of perfect segue into (laughs) Chenford. Oh my God, they are so freaking loud. I can't deal with them. I can't though, because like Aaron, not that like not that I don't love Chenford, but like literally Aaron was my favorite part of the yeah (laughs) Chenford because like he was like stuck in the middle. Like Aaron, poor Aaron. Tenford, how like Selena was sort of like to Balin. Yes. Yeah. They were just stuck in the middle. And I was just like, this is so bizarre, but yet it was hilarious. And And they're like the two newbies. I loved it. I loved it so much. Oh my God. It was just funny. Yeah. Aaron just like cracked me up. And every episode that he is in this season, I just love him even more. I really do. Yeah. And I feel like just like, they just like bring a lot of like true into yeah. the role because it's like they talk about like short films and Drew's done like a lot of shorts. Yeah, and like he just yeah he's just able to bring like the comedy to it. Yeah, which I think is just fun. 
Um, yeah, so obviously it like starts well for like this part. It like starts off with the sneak peek that we already saw. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought it was like <laughs> again. I don't know if it's. I'm sure it's just Eric being Eric, but it's just so funny how he just like blatantly like walked away in the middle of Aaron's sentence. Yeah, like, when he brings up the Ashley thing. I was like, dude. <laughs> That's so rude, but like also it was just it was so funny. It's such a Tim Bradford thing. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, feel like even in like Brolin scenes, yeah, he would do that. Yep. Yeah. Such a such a Tim Bradford thing. Yeah. And I just like of course he was already kind of like pushing it a little bit because he was like, it was an old bullet, like I'm fine. You know, because Aaron was like, Should you really be like out and about right now? Um so obviously, like, yeah, Tim doesn't want to like <laughs> talk to anyone about anything or do anything like but his job for the day. Um, because even when like Lucy's like, hi, good morning, in her, you know, usual like cheery tone, Tim's like all awkward and like a little bit just like off because he like greets her and Chris by their last names. Um and you know, Lucy then tries to ask, you know, like, what's up with him? And Aaron's like, Well, he just has a lot going on. And then he's like, okay, well, what's going on? He's like, I'm fine. He's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Lucy's like, wait, Aaron, like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm so sorry. I gotta go. <laughs> he, yeah. just, he just did not. He just, he just knew that he like said too much and like uh-huh. to just like go before he. Oh my God. His, his line of being like, I'm so sorry. I have to go now. quite possibly one of my favorite things that he's ever said like I don't know it was just like so serious and polite and he was just like Mm -hmm. like I gotta go like that that uh sound that we did with Nolan and the grenade last season Uh pretty much that for Aaron Thorson kind of (laughs) yeah yep um oh good yeah and like I mean even like later he like tries to talk about it again like when they're driving Uh like in the shop or whatever and he's like I intends like I really don't want to talk about it. And he's like, okay, <laughs> like I'm not like shutting up now. Yeah. <laughs> um and you know, I mean, even I mean, like Aaron's trying to be a friend, you know, he's like, well, I'm here, you know, if you ever, you know, do need to and you know, just like trying to be nice. And Tim's just still just like shutting that down real quick. He's like, No, yeah. let me be like fruity and you know, like whatever, just let me be in this mood. Um and so like as they're driving, I guess they kind of stop. Um because well they just randomly is like werewolf <laughs> and they stop and it's this werewolf like prop that this um woman who's a short film director is like trying to like get back into the bed of her uh truck and she needs to like go and she like is gonna lose location in an hour if she doesn't like get there so she can you know do what she needs to do for her film and so like while they're stopping to help like this is when tim sets his radio down after he calls like code six um and i loved how like they both well like aaron tried to lift it first like just him because he knew like tim had just you know had Mm -hmm. the you know major surgery even though tim's like it It wasn't major major surgery i can do it i'm fine and they literally Um, operated near his spine like that's major surgery he was paralyzed yeah oh timothy dude just really can't um be bothered and 
it just like oh my god it was just so funny I still couldn't even like with um the closed captions on I really couldn't make out what they were saying when they were both lifting the thing I was like it's a bunch of incoherent like (laughs) gibberish but it was just so funny because the one thing obviously that they did clearly state was the woman was like do you guys like need me to like no like we got it um and I mean they did get the werewolf back in the truck um and like Aaron I mean like he was trying to like talk to the woman like you know sort of get info but then also mostly flirt with her so that like he didn't actually end up getting his getting her number because she turned him down for a date so then you know when Tim can't find his radio in the shop later he's like what well, did you get her number he's like almost and there's like mm-hmm. a little bit of a smirk like he was a smirking emoji a little bit and I was like okay yeah. Aaron we see you oh like, Aaron I'm gonna miss love him but that's okay I love him and his confidence mm-hmm. yeah yep um and so a little bit later the woman's like driving um and like Lucy happens to be they're doing what i don't really know she was um, like pulling she was like finishing up a traffic stop or something i don't know it was just like really weird because it was like half like she was like half in frame like yeah half out of frames is focusing on the but, like pickup truck coming the other direction but, also uh, how i mean i guess lucy could have been from a different district and still like known tim but yeah i don't know it was just like yeah coincidence apparently but. You know, had to get the Chenford crumbs in there somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so she's like, I don't really know like who to talk to, but I have this radio, like, you know, two police officers like stop and help me with this thing, and like one of them left the radio behind and um she was like, Do you know who they were? And she was like, Well, one of them looked exactly like the guy from the duck from the murder documentary. And then there was a brooding one. Lucy's <laughs> like she's like tim tim bradford super cop left his radio and then she just like goes on to this like tangent of like you know yeah. the same guy that once you know yelled at me for being three and a half minutes late the roll call and then this the woman i don't even think we got her name did we the woman no the red i don't think truck. so okay but she was <laughs> just like i don't know what to do with those yeah because so. like, lucy was like can you believe that and she's like I guess like <laughs> she's like I don't know what else to say um I just thought of a great meme idea oh god okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it'll be coming later in the week guys yeah that. yeah um yeah. but she was just like oh this is like Christmas and she's like okay cool so you're gonna get it back to him right and she's like yeah I'll take care of you have a nice day and then she just kind of walks away like that was it like she was done like you know she has the radio she's you know I just like I died over her calling Tim the broody one and then Lucy was like he's broody I was just like oh good lord this is so good this is so good right now I mean it looked it looked like Lucy was like considering like texting or calling Mm -hmm. Tim just to like you know be you know normal about it but you know nothing's ever really normal with those two so yeah. she had the other idea of 
I don't know if she like spoofed her own number or like actually got a burner phone or what to do the whole no caller ID thing. Um, like to text him a photo of the radio. Um, and you know, Tim, obviously Tim doesn't know like who it is when he gets the text. Um, and, but so like the first text is like, they figure out that it's like that. Well, as Aaron says, it's like really beat up old coffee cart that like Tim frequents, you know, like that's his favorite spot to go because, you know, there's no hipster, you know, energy everywhere. And like, it's just plain coffee, like for a dollar and then you get it and you can go to work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nothing fancy, you know, cause Tim Bradford doesn't have time for that. Um, and so that was the first text. And then it's like the radio is not there. He asked and he's like, no, no one's turned into radio. And, um, so then he gets another text and it's like, you can see the, like part of the Paramount <laughs> sign yeah. in the back and says, okay, it's like on a lot, but you don't know like which lot it is. Um, they do miraculously like find it and it's like where his favorite movie was shot I just thought it was fun how they like used like the Paramount yes and like they shoot on Paramount like I don't know I didn't realize how many like lots like it encompassed apparently yeah like you know use another one when you like shoot or if they like use their actual lot and just film from the outside or something I don't know it was just it was cool I like the kind of meta-ness of that um and I just thought I don't know why I guess Tim Bradford's favorite movie being like an old western is like kind of on brand for him but also I don't know (laughs) he just doesn't seem like the person to like like cowboys i don't know that and when you look up the movie it's literally chenford yeah kind of i mean i don't know it just, i mean lucy doesn't have it was fun although i mean no i mean kojo people, yeah <laughs> yeah it was like lots of people consider like kojo to be like chenford. or i guess tomorrow but i think of that as more like her little sister yeah just like yeah just I, yeah like friend like so good I mean yeah but it just like oh my god it's just so funny like I don't know it like it like fits Tim but then also like I just was kind of like oh okay like I don't know and I didn't I also don't know why I didn't think it would actually be like a legit movie like, yeah I wanted to I look it up just to like see I didn't think it that like it would be either 50s, I was like wow okay like also Tim Bradford likes old movies like older movies got it checking that off the fact that lucy chen knew that though the girl the woman knows his personal backstory and his likes and dislikes i just want to know like how though because it's like not like they spend time in each other's like houses and like you know and like or you know go to the movies together like i don't know like how would you know this you know but I mean, it's cool that she does. I just want to know yeah. like, how she knows this about him. Well, maybe Jen, maybe Jenny told her. I don't oh, know maybe if that's like, I don't know if it's like technically canon that like they have each other's phone numbers. I mean, I I'm I'm going with the fact <laughs> that it is, yeah. But 
I don't know. But yeah, maybe she just doesn't. I don't know. Um, but yeah. So while they're at, wow, this went on the longest tangent ever. <laughs> I am Lucy Chen in this moment, guys. Okay, moving on. Um, while they're at the like the set though, um, Aaron says he's like, whoever's doing this like knows you really well. And then I'm glad the writers put in that like little, you know, Chenford S line because then as soon as Aaron says that, Tim's like, Chen. <laughs> yeah. Like duh, Tim. <laughs> duh. Like who else? Um and I thought it was kind of funny how like they had like this moment like in between like him like finding out and then the end. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I kind of thought like, oh, okay, like they are gonna meet up and she's just gonna give the radio back, like you know, it's gonna like everything's gonna be fine. Um but when they do meet up in the station, he like wonders if you know Lucy holding his radio hostage was like payback for how tough he was on her as a TO and the Lucy. fact that he like automatically went back to that though. Yeah. Like thought of that. That was his first thought. Yeah. Well, I just love how she's like still acting quite. She's like, I, mm-hmm. I still don't know what you're talking about, but I can certainly help you. Like, you know look for the radio if you tell me what's going on with you and he's like for the last time like i'm fine everything's fine like what is it you know like what does this have to do like just he's over it um but i love how she was the one to kind of just like huff and like turn around really quick Uh grab the grab the papers or the folder or whatever and she's like i don't know what happened to the radio (laughs) just like storms out i'm like Lucy Chen, your girlfriend Miss is showing. Yeah. <laughs> they, they just crack me up. And like her going to Aaron again is like, listen, I will just give you the radio. <laughs> you tell me what's going on with Tim. And Aaron's like, well, you didn't even tell me either. Like, I thought that was kind of cool of like Aaron to not, you know, like give in and like just like spill everything. Um but oh my god, the funniest thing though, I guess I should Aaron like was the funniest part, but then coming in second, in my opinion, is the radio from the 60s that is as big as Tim's head. Like I swear <laughs> to God. That was like yes. the most obscene thing I've ever seen. I was like, what? Oh my is god. This? I was I, not expecting him to get that out. And I was no, like, I wait, either. we're really doing this right now? It took me a second to like realize that it was a radio. I was like, why does he just have this like random block? And I'm like, oh, that block has an antenna. Oh my God. So I tweeted last night. I was like, that is one big antenna. And I was like <laughs> commenting back and they were like, that's what she said or whatever. I was like, I wasn't thinking that though. That's hilarious. Oh my God. Oh gosh. I love but, this. Yeah, show. it was like, it was ridiculous, but it was really funny. And you know like you would think that like tim would have gotten the last word you know because he's like this is fine like this is what this is what i'm using like you know because lucy's like well that's not standard issue like it may Mm -hmm. have been in the 60s but it's not now and he's like it's fine it works yeah um but i mean technically lucy got the last word because you know she got her picture of it when she like was like you know calling on her radio she's like Seven out of 100, like, respond. And then she just looks at her 
He just, just deadpans it. Yeah, just doesn't even blink. And I'm like, again, this is why I could not be an actor because, like, I would bet money on, like, either Eric or Melissa just, like, breaking. Oh, oh if, I was, if I was in true spot, I would literally just be, like, busting a gut. Like, yeah. I would just be, I mean, that's just too dang funny. So funny. Well, and, like, he had rolled up the window and everything like he was well, yeah not as if like that it. was gonna like block her view i'm like dude it is a clear like glass like <laughs> you know oh god i just like i i just know that they have a lot of fun filming scenes like i just know it so funny. yeah and so you know add that to the i need someone to make like to add that to like the chenford like photo moment mm-hmm you know, because now we have a season five one, so yeah. so that was that was that. Um, but you know, we did get the nice like moment that people were talking about on Twitter. You know, already buzzing about because they had you know found Chris by the door, which again, I'm so shocked that I didn't notice that. I know. <laughs> I was just so, so focused on Chenford and them yeah. looking at each other and coordinating, and yeah, yep. mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so Lucy kind of pulled a Tim Bradford in a way like she kept the radio like her whole entire shift like he kept her ring for a couple weeks mm-hmm. and she kept his radio for a whole shift um, but she does hand it back to him in like the parking lot and you know she thought torturing him would like get his mind off whatever was bothering him but she should know better not to get involved in your personal life um, you know but Tim like does turn around and like tell her that you know he actually did break up well she broke up with him and lucy's like sorry about that like for him um he did appreciate the radio thing and you know they have their like shared little smiles with each other and you know chris comes out and interrupts that moment um and i don't know like if I well no I guess it is in character for Lucy because she just wants to like include everyone and everything and just try to be nice and extend mm-hmm. you know a hand whenever but I'm like why in the world would she think that Tim would want to be a third wheel on right like what also okay that was one of the Chenford moments where Tim where Chris was around and Lucy just completely like ignored him and was just yeah. like, let me just like talk to Tim and like make hard eyes at him. Like, come yeah. on, woman, be louder, please. I mean, like, even when her arm was like attached to Chris's or whatever, yes. they're like walking back into the station, which is also odd because I would think their car is like the other way. But anyway, unless it was like in another parking lot, like on yeah. the other side of the station. I mean, they still did the look, you know, she still looked back. So. Well, you know what though like because they were getting mediterranean food i don't know if tim would even like mediterranean food based he on probably food. wouldn't but like also i mean i can see her asking him just to kind of like be nice and like maybe it was like a little bit of an awkward moment you know because mm-hmm. i i mean i i don't know i feel like i would do that like yeah. okay this is awkward like how do i get out of that but yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know it was just i don't know it was just um you know like they're I very mean, they're insane that's they are, literally really. what they are yeah like someone else gosh you know i remembered amanda on twitter i can't remember who pointed out um like tim's like foot 
kind of not like stomping, stomping but like kind of like it slid yeah. across the pavement and then slid back again and he kind of just like tapped it down and his turn backwards yeah and his hand dropped from his backpack so it was just like sitting on his shoulder and i'm like dude you have it bad lucy has it bad it almost them just need to get it together yeah just yeah push them really? together make them kiss it almost it, so it kind of paralleled to lucy like taking the radio away and she's like fine like if you won't tell me what's going on or whatever like in earlier in the episode when he's like where's the radio yeah. like her kind of stomping and like walking away yeah kind of parallel tims yeah nope so they're both just like you know saying a lot without saying anything but i need them to actually like talk about their feelings yeah soon please but yeah there's good good moments for chenford um and like i said aaron was like hilarious and i wish true valentino was on twitter more so he would see all the love that he gets every week yes <laughs> from like the fandom in general it's just so good but yeah that was those were all the chenford crumbs that honestly i mean they made up a good portion of the episode yeah so, i mean it didn't really feel like crumbs but still lots of good moments yeah oh god they are literally so insane like so we got two good mornings from lucy and she's like good morning like just so sunshiny and the one where she's like looking at tim and chris is literally right there and she's like smiling at tim and like i mean come on i mean she like kind of ignored chris like both times (laughs) like in the parking lot and then in the station before that like again dude like read the room (laughs) not into you she's just not that into you like choosing to think that he has like blinders on because he's like in deeper than like she is with him so yeah yeah i don't know i mean listen the tim and ashley breakup last week yes it was great i don't like how ashley did that it like, came out of left field a little bit but, but only like, because we hadn't seen her in you know <laughs> a few months yeah but like also when chris and lucy break up like i will be cheering and i will become a very different person then i still just like <laughs> think it has to be like lucy breaking up with chris like because like ashley broke mm-hmm. up with him so it's like i kind of want it to be the opposite for yeah. them especially since chris has been like oblivious yeah <laughs> unless he finally like wakes up yeah um, i was gonna say that or it's like a mutual breakup yeah or like that. Yeah, like he that. just realizes that she's not really into it and you know as much as he is like he just can't have that or something yeah yeah i don't know but god they're so loud like i last night i just kept saying like chenford is literally insane like they're doing this right in front of chris's eyes and the dude just doesn't even bat an eye about it and and in front of aaron's eyes like aaron has to realize (laughs) at this point oh but i think he will next episode because that promo (laughs) oh we're gonna lucy undercover twice this up this season and it's not even the mid-season finale how blessed are we yep doing all the things 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So next we have Balin. And I gotta say, I'm not hating. Like, I didn't really hate them before, but like, they were I'm not. Yeah, this I'm not fun. I'm not disliking their scenes this season. Mm-hmm. They're not as cringy, I guess no. I should say. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and I, I mean, I can, I can handle this Balin more than the cringy lines about her undergarments. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but we start off the episode and they're having a contest to see where they're getting married. And John's like, oh, well, we're getting married on the beach. Like, I can call that right now. But Bailey wants to get married in New Orleans um, in the French Quarter. And so this first contest is to see who can make more pancakes. Their scores are tied again. So, you know, they're like, well, we need another contest. And John's like, is it possible that we're too competitive? Which <laughs> kind of like reminded me of a Wopez line or something. Because Angela was like, do you think that we fight a lot or something? And Wesley was like, well, maybe it's our thing. Um, But the next competition is to see who can eat the most pancakes. Like, Bailey just kind of thinks of it on the spot. Um, And so John meets up with, like, Selena at the station later. And so, you know, they talk about, like, how she's tired and everything. And this kind of like goes into the Valen stuff like just because they're patrolling and Selena like says that she found an article online and so she's like you know no screens thermostat at 68 meditation like lavender oil that should all help and so they like get a call they respond you know that's after John has says says the red light and everything um and so they get the call they see Bailey and then John's thinking that their next competition could be like a Lego building one and Bailey's like, you were a contractor. Like, you built houses. And he's like, yeah, but not out of Legos. And so then she suggests something more intellectual, like learning a new language. And he's like, you taught English in Kyoto, Japan. Like, no, that's not going to work. And so then Bailey's next competition, like, or Balin's next competition later in the episode is with hot sauce, which is not a very smart idea to begin with. And no. he's sweating while she's, like, keeping her cool. And she's like, you forget. Like, I've literally been on fire before. Just, like, drop in that little nugget. No big deal. So he loses by running to the fridge for milk. He's like, can't do it. This was a really bad idea. So Selena's at the door. And she's like, I can't sleep. Like, as soon as I close my eyes, all I can see is, you know, you warning me how dangerous it is for me to be on duty half asleep. And she's like, I don't know what else to do, Nolan. Like, you know, gotta help or whatever. And Bailey's just like, you know, talking to her, offering her tea. So it's like Camille knocks her out. And John relays some of the conversation they had earlier in the day. And he's like, well, actually, like, these things should help. And so Bailey's like, how is static noise going to help her get to sleep? And so they kind of make a bet about it, a bet for it. And before they can really start it, they look over and Selena is asleep on the couch. So John's like, let's call it a tie. And so then Selena and Bailey are like talking the next morning. I loved this moment. Also, I just like loved seeing Selena like out of her uniform. I don't know. It just was my favorite. And so Selena and Bailey are talking and Selena's like, I got great sleep, like felt right at home. And so she's like, you know, hearing John and Bailey bickering would always put her like, hearing John and Bailey bickering reminded her of her parents bickering and that would always put her right to sleep. 
And so she was telling Bailey about her dream and she dreamt that Winslow was a showgirl and they were dancing the tango and all of that. And so then like they break down the dream more and, you know, Bailey's like, is this really how you solve cases? And no one's like, I guess we'll find out. Like, and it ends up working. Like Selena has solved cases like this um, in the last few episodes that we've seen. So then at the end of the episode, Bailey is dressed as Captain America. And I don't know, I guess it was like a couple's costume. It was just like matching costumes. And Bailey's like, just admit it. Like, I wear it better. And Nolan's like, you always wear everything better. And he adds that he didn't agree to compete over that. Which, like, okay, I didn't think about this at the first watch. But this Balin line and their banter, I can handle. Like, it's not cringy. Her mm-hmm. saying, like, I, I just admit it. Like, I wear everything better. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it can have some different inferences but like it's not mm-hmm. as cringy yep. so then selena shows up again this time in a onesie or like a costume onesie i don't know i think it's no oh gosh someone can correct me if i'm wrong this is what i get for working at a library and seeing this movie come in so many times i think it's like the red movie um like there's the main like little like fox or like animal is like okay a red like a red fox that's like angry all the time but like not really yeah like underneath all that anger is like all the you know soft emotions yeah so i think that was who she was supposed to be but i mean it was a onesie for sure oh like, it definitely was the hood and everything so i mean onesies can be halloween costumes yeah my niece was wearing a onesie like a trigger onesie be fine um so then you know selena's like can i sleep over again like you know i just i need more sleep or whatever and no one's like i'm not sure that's a good idea but bailey's like you know you said that like she should be operating on good sleep right she's like using his lines against him and so john's like yeah i guess you're right and so selena gets invited in and as she's walking to the couch, she even brought her own pillow this time. Like this, <laughs> oh god, I love Selena Juarez. I love her so much. <laughs> so like as she's walking to the couch, she hears Balin like bickering, and she just smiles, and she just knows that like she's having a good night. Like I okay again on my second rewatch, I was like, this is everything that we could have had for Upset and Rojas. Literally, shut up. <laughs> shut up. I'm sorry. I literally made myself so emotional <laughs> after that. It was like, oh, I'm, I'm done. I'm well, done. Like, see, my whole thing is, is like, if there's ever like a selfie that like Nathan and Jenna and Lisette like have, like, and then they'll post it. And okay, just... no, no. Or like, chess. or like, I mean, it'd be like slightly more like applicable if it was like Jennifer. So like Eric and Lisette post a selfie with Terry. I'm just saying well okay because like I'm so bitter I didn't get I didn't get my selfie like Thomas and Britt didn't post a selfie together so I'm so bitter about that from last week so I mean I mean she's still manifesting like other selfies from like the Halloween episode in general I mean she still could post a selfie I don't know how possible it is but like she very well could true like RJ and Nakia and Carson in like their costumes i don't know if we get like a group selfie of like 
you know, Jenna, Nathan, and Lisseth, like, I probably will lose it. So, yeah. It'll just be fun. Also, you told me to, like, stop talking after the upset Rojas thing. No, no, you need to just, no. I will hush now, too. No, I love you. It's fine. It's fine. We just put each other in our feelings. No big Mm -hmm. deal. Yeah. Yeah. So many things. Yeah. So many things. Oh, you know what I just realized, though, is, like, Gray was not in this episode. No, he he wasn't. He gets to recuperate. (laughs) But like, yeah. like back. Oh, geez. And he's like, it was a major surgery, dude. Yeah. No, it it was. They operated yeah. near your spine. You were paralyzed. You were like attacked and paralyzed. Yeah. No, but it's like, fine. like you know, big grass food poisoning. But it's fine. He's he's out for a time. I don't know. I'm just curious as to like if Richard just like didn't like couldn't film like for the week or something. I don't know. Because like I feel like. It was funny. I never realized that. Well, because, like, Gray and Luna would have, like, a fun, like, couple's costume, I feel like. No, Gray was in this episode. What? Yeah, when he was talking to Nyla, or to James, and James and Leah, he was talking to her about, he was talking to him about, like, getting her started on something to get her into college. But that was all that we saw. He was. That was all that we saw, though. Yep. Nope. It was super quick my bad but but it wasn't anything like substantial it wasn't anything substantial yeah totally forgot about that now now because he was like you need to be like yeah because james is walking yep nope i remember now 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 gray had seen chunford doing all their antics and like (laughs) you know yeah lucy taking the radio he would have like called him out on that I, I just I have a strong feeling he would have so they're just like missed opportunities they like are his like one liners oh but anyway. we just we, we love this show so much we do we do mm-hmm. I mean he gave James good advice although I mean Leah's like this tiny and he's like yeah you gotta prepare them for the future so she can you know get into a good college and have all these opportunities and do all these things is like okay <laughs> like they're just dropping by but you yeah. know he means well he does um all that like when he mentioned dominique so i was like okay can we have a dominique like appearance again like or like henry because like john mentioned henry and it just makes me think of like all the kids that we haven't seen <laughs> yeah anymore because like we barely got like Lopez's costumes like last year and then like well they had enough to deal with on Halloween or yeah the day before Halloween so I guess I can look past it and there's no baby Jack either anyway okay it's fine someone someone had commented they were like you know wish that we had got to see baby jack i was like well we got to see baby leah well before we got to see baby jack like as far as age wise yeah yeah that is true yeah um yeah so for like nyla's part of the episode like like we had said like james was dropping by the station he was talking to gray first about you know leah's future even though again like i said she's like so tiny um but you know he means well um but like i guess really why james well he had like 
technically two reasons for dropping by the station. Like the first was um, Nyla like had to take Leah to like go feed her since there was like an issue mm-hmm. with the breast milk. And she's like, you mean the milk that I was up at 5 a.m. pumping? And he's like, maybe. <laughs> Which like he never caught to it, but I was like, the dude totally like spilled it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like and, I'm assuming he like just some kind of yeah. mishap happened at, at home and he yeah. was like, Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Emergency. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was like the first thing that he was like, Okay, I had this other thing because apparently Lila's friend Jenny canceled like trick or treating. Um and Nyla was like, Okay, so you have a theory, I'm guessing he's like, Well, I think that, you know, she may not like that, you know, you're a cop or that, like you have, you know, a gun in the house. And um, she's like, well, I don't really like, she's not really like, she like won't admit that she like might actually give that some consideration, but she's like, no, like that's not, you know, whatever. Like Nyla's very much like, if someone has a problem with me, like they can come to me themselves and yeah. sort it out. Um, so she doesn't really, you know, like this whole like through the grapevine stuff. She didn't, you know, she's not uh, for it. Um, although she does think the Angela's suggestion, like later in the episode of like having James invite like Jenny's family over for dinner because you know everybody loves James, like could work in their favor. And um, you know, even though people love Nyla too, she can be a little bit terrifying. But you know. Apparently that's why she and Angela get along so well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're BFFs who can sometimes be a little intimidating. Um, and then it's so like the next time we see them, well, like it's Nyla, James, and Lila are like finishing, like setting up their Halloween decorations um, in the yard. And like James announces that the reeds have canceled, like the dinner plans too. Um and Lila was like well because they're still on the fact that like they think oh, okay well it's because like Nyla's a cop um mm-hmm. but like Lila jumps in and says like Jenny's parents told her that well Jenny's parents told Jenny <laughs> that she's like I don't think it's like safe to you know be around that area because like James hangs out with criminals according to them even though it's just like the people from the community center so it's like yeah people that you know he's trying to help um and Nyla's like okay I'm ready to go over there now like nope we're gonna go talk to him he's like no no no, no wait a minute um and like I just thought it was nice that like Lila was kind of the one to like manage to kind of calm her down a little bit because she's like even though they think that doesn't mean like you know that it's true and that you know we have to you know hang around with them anymore like you know and she's like oh I'm sorry you know like Jenny you know was your friend she's like she was and I just like felt bad for Lila because I'm like yeah that's not fair like it you know because like they were friends and it's like they have like this prejudice Mm -hmm. and then it just like can't like obviously can't be changed because it's like they extended an olive branch and they just like yeah. stomped right on that too with the dinner invitation so it's like they really just can't get past it um 
but you know like Lila's like happy to be out trick-or-treating with James and Nyla and everything and um you know the whole family's out and they have you know these fun costumes and everything's um turns out okay it also turns out that James was likely the one that TB'd the Reed's house I like how again he didn't really cop to it but yeah, he was he like it's yeah, interesting yeah because now it's like constructive huh it's yeah. like uh, yeah yeah so that was like good for them um, but also i really hope that he got silas to help him do that oh my god yeah we we so need to funny. see silas again please yeah. and tomorrow like tomorrow's been mia yeah it's just so funny it like just like took me back to like because i would we like tping was like a thing that i didn't like band around the fall time I've only TP'd one house and that was my cousin's boyfriend's house because she <laughs> wouldn't go out with us one night. But I don't even think I really TP'd it. Cause I, I really was stay not quiet. good. Cause I couldn't, th- I mean, I could throw, but I'm so short that like it, it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, it really didn't. Like I have a good arm from like softball yeah. and stuff, but it really, I would like, you know, get a tree branch and then the rest of it would just kind of fall down. See, I wouldn't stay quiet. Like my mom, because I was with my mom and my aunts, and they were like, Jen, like, shush. And I was like, I'm sorry, this is just funny. Yeah. But yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. It just like, it just reminded me that I was like, oh, geez. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't do it all the time, but there was just like one year. I don't know why that was the thing that was done, but apparently it was. So, you know, fall festivities, I guess. Even though if you really think about it, it's such an odd thing. It is. Like, if you just if I really just stop, I'm like, why? And ever since the pandemic, like TP is like gold. Okay. Yeah, you like, don't like how? waste that. Yeah, or just why? Like why why toilet paper? Yeah. Like why? Like couldn't you just like get I'm thinking like receipt paper or something. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> that's not as flexible. That's true, I guess. But, like, yeah. also, I don't know. It, it is just, like, a waste yeah. of toilet paper. I don't know. I'm just being, like, the logical one here. And I'm, like, I wouldn't, I don't know. I wouldn't want someone to, like, waste all that toilet paper. So, no. yeah. But, yeah, but. so that was the that was the end for uh, them. And, well, the end of, not the end of the actual episode. Because, like we said, that was, like, Wesley's thing. But, mm-hmm the end of us talking about the rookie episode yeah aside from the listener thoughts we did next. <laughs> yeah oh god this this episode of the rookie was good but i feel like they've all been good this season they always are because it's just lighthearted. yeah um but valerie has said i love to the episode the pranks and banter are back really liked the competitiveness of nolan and bailey I've heard and said, if you're scared, say you're scared quite a few times in my life. And it was really nice that they helped Selena get some sleep. And Thorson really adds to the humor. He does. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Uh, Ricardo said it was it was weird that Lucy asked him to go eat with her and Chris. Like, <laughs> like she forgot she and Tim nearly slept together. Um, lately, Tim called Lucy only by her last name. I miss when he calls her Lucy. Yeah, I do too. I miss that. But yeah, it's yeah. so like funny. Like they just like there's just like this direct like line. Like there's the before 
501 and then like the after 501 yeah like two completely different Chenfords yeah well and even like after 501 you know Lucy's like but we almost and Tim's like no we but we didn't like they they acknowledge it but even then they're just like let's just put up that wall and let's just call each other like Chen and you know Tim still or whatever but yeah yeah. they're just you guys they're like clueless they're oblivious and they're in love that's that's what they are um so blessed turtle had said Balin's competitiveness and bickering really helped fill the Chenford shaped hole in my soul and I very much appreciate that same like their banter was kind of comparable to Chenford's in a way um so the lawyer she said or they said the lawyer really put Wopez through the ringer didn't she Wes was not kidding when he said when he called her ruthless and then speaking of Wesley wow the tiny glimpse we got into the kind of person he was in the past was shocking to say the least just like Harper said I also didn't think he'd have that in him to cheat not the Wesley I've known for the past four years same I was thrown off when he said that it was like oh okay but also like I mean we all change we're all different people than we were you know years ago or whatever so yeah I kind of was like okay I can look past it like he's obviously changed but also Wesley that's not not a good look man Mm -hmm. um they also said Nyla and James were good in this up good this episode I wish we got a little more with them though but that's okay the more they more than made up for the lack of screen time with the ignorant and possibly racist neighbors subplot uh they said then we have chenford so glad they're finally speaking to each other for more than 10 seconds again lucy's incessant pride incessant crying and tim's relentless stubbornness was a joy to behold i was smiling the whole time the bit with tim pulling out the old radio as a replacement had me chuckling the entire time i was not expecting that like just yeah uh they said then their final scene what more can i say than the angst hurts so much if this doesn't happen by mid-season i'm gonna lose my mind the looks the implied feelings bubbling just under the surface the hurt look on tim's face when chris showed up the both of them looking at each other after going their separate ways good lord same it it has to happen mid-season it just has to Uh, Mindy had said it was a great episode uh, I really liked getting more backstory on Wesley he freely admitted he made mistakes in uh, getting out of his engagement uh, I love that he said he'd never cheat on Angela because he loved her not because he was scared of her yeah yeah um, she said this might sound horrible but I like I like seeing Elijah again there's just something about the chemistry Brandon and Sean have yes I agree Mm-hmm. I'm so I'm so bad. I feel I'm like yes I know he's a bad character but I just love seeing those two on screen yeah it's just, it's, I, it's just so good um yeah um Mindy also said uh enjoyed seeing J August Richards as the DEA as the DEA agent his story was touching and I'm and I was so happy he got some closure uh Selena and Balin were just comedy gold and uh loved seeing baby Leah wish we could have also seen baby jack yeah yeah um mindy really liked aaron riding with tim they're just uh such opposites that it works and chenford was great as usual yes 
Oh. Um, so do we have any other notes on the rookie? Nope. It was it was a solid episode. It was good. It was. So yeah. now we will dive right into the rookie feds. Uh so this is covering episode 105, uh Felicia. And we'll start off with Simone and Carter undercover. So they're undercover in the West Indies and Simone comes up with like drinks and she's got a whole backstory for Carter. <laughs> and he tries to rein her in and she's like, even with your legs out, you're still a suit. Um, and so they're basically there to extradite Bernie Barlow and bring him back to the U.S. to testify against New Genius Industries. He was their head IT guy, defied a subpoena and fled the country. Um, and so Inspector Denby comes up and he's in uniform, but Carter's like, I told you I wanted it to be a covert op. And Denby's like, you have no dur- jurisdiction here. Like you surrendered your badges and guns and, you know, it's my operation now. Yeah. I love how he was like the only one to kind of like tell Carter, like, the, like shut yeah. up for a second. Yeah. I was like, oh, no one can tell Carter that really. Yeah. So then Simone like spots Barlow and, you know, they're on the run after him now. And so instead of running, Simone's like, well, screw that. Like, I'm going to hop on this four-wheeler. And she ultimately, like, cuts him off from running. So he, like, stops. And then he tries to run again. And he falls to the ground because he's got a cramp in his leg. It was just, it was a comedic, uh, like, cold opener. Mm-hmm. And so then Carter calls Garza and, you know, the assistant U.S. attorney. And, you know, he's like, look, like, I got Barlow in custody. And so Barlow, like, after asks you know how much it'll take to get them to let him go and you know he's like i'm not being forced to testify someone's like uh yeah you are and i'm not you're not gonna bribe me so we see dina call simone and you know simone tells her that like dina tells simone that she kind of mentioned you know them dating to her mom and the sneaking around isn't right and dina's like you know my mom's kind of cool with it. Like, you know, your dad might be too. And Simone just doesn't think so. She's like, well, I want to tell him before your mom does. So Carter comes up and, you know, tells them that they're down there. And so, like, Simone's got to go. And so he notices something is wrong with Simone. And, like, she doesn't say what it is. So Barlow is quick to admit, like, what's wrong. And she's like, you won't testify against New Genius, but, like, you have no problem throwing me under the bus. And so then Demby's like, you know, I'll escort you guys to the airport. So, like, they're driving. And Carter and Barlow are in the backseat. And Carter just, like, does not want to listen to anything else that Barlow has to say. So they're, like, following Demby and his crew. Barlow's, like, trying to make small talk. And Carter's like, if you shut up right now, I will give you my peanuts on the plane. (laughs) And so Barlow's like, well, I'm allergic to nuts and prison. And he's like, can we not be in, like, such a hurry? Like, I, you know, I'm cool with not getting there so quick. And Barlow's like, I have a daughter. Like, he talks about how he only sees her every other week. And he gave his all to New Genius and, like, wasn't around as much. And so then, like, he also drops a nugget that he lost his house betting on a llama race. Which, like, that's a new one for gambling. That's yeah, a new one. I haven't heard of that, like, ever. Yeah. So then Demby, like, goes off track and, you know, and then men, like, get out of trucks that ambush them and cut them off. So it turns out that Denby sold them out. Um, so Simone's like, well, I can get out of this. Like, watch me. And so she leaves the gunmen in the dust, like, literally. And Carter immediately turns to Barlow and he's like, 
who were those guys and what do they want with you? And Barlow's like, how do I know? Like, how should I know? So Carter calls Garza and tells him what's going on. And, you know, so Garza's like, well, just try and lay low. Like, it's a small island and there's eyes everywhere. But, like, you have to be careful and trust no one. So Carter tells him that Nugenius has to be behind all this. And Garza's like, yeah, you know, we have to assume that our, you know, your devices are being tracked and that they're listening to the conversation right now. So Garza's like, just destroy the phones immediately. Like, essentially, you have no guns and no phones. And so Garza's like, somehow just get a burner phone, like, and then call me when you do. So Carter, like, immediately throws his phone out the window. He asks for Simone's too. And she's like, okay, but can you upload my beach selfies to the cloud first? And Carter's like, sure. And he's just like, yeet the phone out the window. <laughs> it was the funniest thing ever. It gave me such, like, you know, Tim Bradford when yes. he like, threw Lucy's paper out the yeah. window. I was like, <laughs> he didn't even, and then just like, oh my gosh, just like James did that so well. And then like Nisi's delivery of like, not those clouds. Like he, you know, threw it up at the sky or whatever. I'm oh. like, oh my God. It was just, I just so funny. I love this dynamic duo like so much. This episode just like sealed the deal for me on them. Because so even Simone being like, damn Carter, like you're still a suit even when your legs are out. Like, oh my God, it just cracked me up. Yeah, but then like when the he beginning. just- it's yeah, so funny because he's like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Yeah. Their backstory. <laughs> oh my god! But like, he just like gave no f's and just like threw her phone out the window. Like, it just it was so funny. It was didn't so even, perfect. Didn't even like look at the no you know, like home screen to like even make a move to no. like unlock the phone to get to the phone. He's like, he nope. just, like he just yeeted the phone right out the window. Like mm-hmm. it was so funny. So. Then, you know, Simone's, like, still upset about her selfies getting lost. And Carter's, like, working to put together a little shelter or something. And he's just, again, not having it. Like, this man is literally as wit's end between Barlow and Simone. He's, like, I am so done. And Carter's, like, well, I saw a little street market, like, about a mile back. So I'm going to go and try and get a burner, like, to call Garza. And, you know, Barlow and Simone are supposed to stay there. And Simone's, like... No, I'll go, like, because the smell of fat just, like, radiates off of you. And she's like, I'll blend in better. And Barlow's like, I don't want him to stay. Like, I want Simone to stay. And Barlow's, like, convinced that they're going to die. So Simone, like, reassures him that no one's going to die. Carter's, like, and she looks to Carter for some trust. (laughs) And then, like, when, oh, my God, this their scenes just kept getting funnier and funnier. So, like, when she goes to, like, walk away, she, like, does a hair flip or whatever and, like, Hits him in the face with her hair. <laughs> and he's like, bye, Felicia, or whatever. Nope. And it was just too this good. Is so funny, because, like, Barlow's like, I don't want to die with it. I want to die with you. At least I, if I die with you, it'll be fun. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. Right? Like, oh, my God. Oh, God. It's just, oh, I just, I love Carter and Simone. Like, I love their, and I just love that it's going to stay platonic. Oh my god, yeah, it's just so yeah. funny. Like, I just, oh my god, it just, yeah, I didn't think I could, like, like anyone. I mean, like, because, like I said, I'm totally fine if, like, you know, Brunson says platonic, so, like, I'm totally mm-hmm. cool. But just, like, yeah, like you said, like, they're just, they're so funny, and it's just, like, yeah, platonic, like, friendship, like, but they just work, they're actually, like, working together so well. Yeah. 
Yeah. And like opposite personalities. Yeah. And like the comedy doesn't feel like forced or like no, the oh my god, it's like so the great. clips between them. It's definitely like organic. So yeah. yeah. So then like Garza, Elena, and Brenson are all looking for a way for like Simone, Carter, and Barlow to get out of there. And Elena ends up getting the satellite feed from the rerouted Polaris 7. And so Simone ends up getting a burner phone, calls Brendan. <laughs> They're able to get to like find her on the feed. Yeah. So Denby's team like comes up, surrounds the market. The assistant U.S. attorney comes in. He's like, you know, while they're in the middle of finding Simone, and he's like, you know, our other two witnesses like fell through. And Garza mentions the tidbit about Barlow and says Nugenius is trying to do whatever it takes to kill the case. And so he asks the, he asks the attorney to contact the State Department in case they need a diplomatic solution. So the attorney guy is on that. So Laura's like, I found her and, you know, tells her about the two entrances, but one's blocked. And so then Brendan's like, there's another way to get out, but that doesn't work either. Elena then finds that there's a flying dress shoot going her way. And Laura questions it. And Brendan's like, well, it's when women photograph themselves with long trains flipping in the wind. Yeah. I'm like, he knows about that, but he didn't know what the um, for list was. I was like, yeah, pick your battles. I was like, wait, like that doesn't make any sense. Like, how do you not know what the other one is? Yeah. So Simone goes under the woman's dress train and gets out of there, which like, I mean, I don't know. It just like, it reminded me of, you know, in elementary school, like back in the early 2000s when you had like that big, like rainbow, like. Yeah, with the thing. thing and you'd like look yes. it up and everyone run underneath it. Oh my God. Yeah. That's what I thought of when I saw it. And I was like, wow. It reminded me of that. And I was like that's like a core memory like a lot yeah. and i don't know if i should be proud of it or not yeah it like looked like she was just like going like into the sun too. it was just the bright yeah. yellow like it was just yeah. so funny yeah <sighs> yeah so then like she hops on the truck and takes off from there and guards is like you know i'll send coordinates for you to make your flight so simone like pulls up and what did she say like get in mother cluckers or whatever <laughs> yeah she's like she's like get in mother truckers i'm like wow that's a nice nice uh, way to throw that in there i literally and this you. scene just kept freaking getting better so there isn't enough room up front so you know like carter and barlow have to get in the bed of the truck <laughs> and carter looks at barlow dead serious and he's like it's head to toe my dude like it's head to toe in here <laughs> yeah and barlow just kind of looks at him like okay and so then what barlow like gets him first or something carter's like not even helping him like get it up into the truck so simone carter and barlow are just magically on the plane going home and carter's like it just doesn't make sense like why is new genius after you and not the others barlow's like again how would i know carter's like you're still hiding something like you know we we can figure it out so Simone pieces it together that he's not hiding from the government, but hiding from Eugenius and doesn't want to talk about it. So Simone starts like asking him about his daughter and he drops the nugget that like he keeps his bike equipment in the ex-wife's garage. So Simone like keeps that to like, you know, puts that in her mind. So then like, I don't know, Simone just like calls Cuddy while they're on the plane and he like already knows about her and Nina and he is not thrilled. So then Ruth comes into the call and so does Barlow and he she suggests a double date and so 
or Barlow suggests a double date because like this dude doesn't know when to just stop talking um and Ruth's like I think that's a great idea and Cuddy just like hangs up after Ruth leaves so Simone and Carter get back with Barlow and Gars is like what's up with your outfit and so Carter Carter like starts explaining it and he's like whatever like we've got Barlow and um and so then the assistant U.S. attorney tells Barlow that, like, he'll be under protective custody. And Barlow just, like, reminds everyone that he's not testifying. We then find out that he'll do serious prison time if he doesn't. So Simone, like, takes him into another room. And she figures out that, like, he welcomes the consequences. And she's like, but why would you sacrifice more time away from your daughter? And so she puts it together that New Jenny has paid him off to disappear. And so... He's got something on them, like enough dirt to give his daughter a good trust fund. Um, and so Simone then brings up the nugget about how she lost her dad to the prison system when she was 14 for a crime that he didn't even commit. Like when he was exonerated eight years later, the city gave him a big check, but like that didn't make up for the time that they lost. So she tells him that they should cooperate, that he should cooperate and the DOJ will cut him a deal. And so Simone gives him an ultimatum that if he refuses to testify, she'll, like, tear his financial life apart. And she'll find that money that he wants to keep and, like, take it away. So then it turns out that Barlow is at the assistant attorney's office working out a deal. And, like, you know, he knew more than they thought. And it turns out that New Genius had a new billion-dollar proprietary resin for artificial bones. And he has, like, a hard drive to of proof that the lab results were doctored so garza like comes in tells carter and hope that they need to or yeah tells carter and simone that they need to see what he found and he had a friend of the doj open an investigation on inspector demby and trace the phone records to find out like who hired him to go after barlow and it wasn't anyone from eugenius industries but actually alan the assistant u.s attorney so Carter can't believe it, but like, you know, he explains how they, it explains how they got those witnesses, including Barlow, and how Demby knew how to look for Simone at the street market. So Garza calls Alan's office, turns out him and Barlow left to get a hard drive that has all the evidence on it. And so they're not sure where he is. So it's not official because like the government has already seized all the evidence, but Simone remembers what he said about his bike equipment in the ex-wife's garage. And so lo and behold, Ellen and Barlow are there and Barlow gives him the drive. And so Ellen's like, well, I'm licensed to carry a weapon. So I'm going to tell the police that like you came after me. And so he points the gun at Barlow, stuffing on the hard drive. And then like he crushed that. So Carter and Simone like bust in at just the right time. And Ellen goes behind Barlow, like holding the gun to his head. When asked why, you know, he's doing this, he's like, well, I'm broke and need the money. And Alan's like, you know, I'm not going to prison. Like, and he's taking the gun, like, he puts it actually, like, behind Barlow's head and, like, goes to shoot him. But then Barlow just, like, headbutts him. And he's like, wow, that actually worked. Like, I didn't think the movies, you know, in the movies that actually worked. And so simone asks if that's drive and you know we find out it's not the only one but like he'll tell her he just has to negotiate a better deal first so simone and carter are walking out with barlow like after i don't know i guess he like got exonerated or something and he's like yeah i feel like i need a job and so 
Carter's one-liner of like, we don't hire criminals, we arrest them, was just too good. I mean, I don't know. I didn't think it was as good as like the others earlier in the episode, but like it was still good. So Barlow's like, I've got full immunity. And Carter's like, or Simone's like, yeah, not until you tell us where the second hard drive is, though. So as he's leaving to go bike riding with his daughter, like he hands Simone a piece of paper with the location of the second drive. And as he closes, as the elevator door is closing, he tells Carter, you still suck. See, that was my other favorite line, though, because that was just pointedly, like, at Carter. And yeah. I was like, oh, strike yeah. two. And he, like, made sure to give Simone the location of the second drive. It was just too good. Yep. So Simone laughs when she reads the piece of paper and Carter's like, where's the second drive? And we cut back over to the West Indies to see the team sitting there on the beach. The case is closed and they're just enjoying time on the beach. Like, it was just too good. Too good. And then we get this genius line from Brendan. And, I mean, just like a whole little Brenson moment. And Brendan's like, $2 million payout? I could see myself getting lost here. And Laura's like, anybody know where we can find $2 million for Brendan? The team just like laughs. And like, she's just never short of comebacks. Yep. I just love it. That's great. See, because like when they, I mean, I was glad I was right with like the Malibu stuff that like Nisi had posted. Um, and I mean, Kevin posted some too, um, that like that was for like this episode or whatever. But what I didn't realize, like, I thought like, um, like Brendan, Laura, and like Garza were like going in to like the mm-hmm. island to like get them or whatever. And that's why they were all like, you know, in their own like, you know, beach gear or whatever not like just for that literal last scene like they had like that's where Britt's outfit came from that's where Kevin's came from I was like wow they had to like do all that just for that one scene but I mean it was good I was just here I was thinking they were like gonna go yeah like go in undercover or something like you know like get them out and then go back I don't know but yeah it was fun I still liked it I just wasn't what I thought but yeah it was fun I was glad for that line and like yeah just gotta love gotta love Laura I think I actually used that in our like Halloween meme for her I was like come back queen yeah oh speaking of we should put that in the news that Kevin saw our um yes Halloween oh my god uh, I was I was hoping that he would so I just yeah yeah we just like to think we're fun and so if you haven't seen that that's on our twitter page and you should yeah. go i mean we had to join in on the fun so yeah well because like some other people had done like the rookie and i was like well okay like let's do the rookie feds then because like they need more love and it was i mean just know. like how could you not like like their characters have a lot already going for them so i was like it was kind of easy to come up with different mm-hmm. things so yeah but yeah i want more like team scenes with them like yes yeah please i don't know i just i loved how like they were all just chilling and like at first we didn't really see garza yeah i was like brunson yeah and yeah it was just it was fun i also need to know more about that like west like you know 
the team hanging at the beach like was it like for a weekend was it just for the day like I just need to know yeah and I just thought it was funny how they're like sitting in like their pairs and then like ours it was kind of like in the middle I was like okay that's fun like I don't know I guess I just kind of would have thought if they were just like all like like off shift or well I don't know I guess if they had to go there in like in a physical capacity yeah Yeah. but still because like you would think like oh okay like Brendan and Simone would sit by each other because they're you know like besties or whatever I don't know not that I'm complaining I just kind of like right just wasn't expecting it to be like you know two two and then but also was their stay similar to their last one in Denver where it was like two to a room like you know oh my god in the cheapest motel probably not (laughs) oh my god it just it cracks me up that the fbi is like that because like i don't know i just i wouldn't think that yeah they also have to like lay low you know as they roll up and like blacked out like cat you know suvs or something yeah like they have the cadillac yeah i'm like wow okay yeah like yeah you guys are subtle okay yeah yeah but um yeah that was it for the burning barlow of it all (laughs) (laughs) yep it was quite the character i hope we get like he was more like characters like that where it's like central to like the undercover story i mean maybe this coming week because like they have another undercover yeah Okay, Simone is going undercover quite a bit, and Carter's like going undercover too. It seems like. Yeah. I mean, we we love to see it though. We love to see yeah. it. No, it's fun. I love their dynamic, and like I like how in the sneak peek it was like, because Carter's just like going and like Garza's making him go just because he like doubts that Simone can like pull it yeah. off, and I'm like, dude, what if you would stop doubting her? Then maybe he wouldn't have to go along. Like, it's yeah, that simple. I would think yeah but definitely it's fun love to see it um so we're moving on to elena's purse and that kind of also much like the rookie thing like started out as one thing like the purse started out as one thing from like diamond heist to murder yeah (laughs) like that's kind of crazy so i won't lie when i was watching the rookie i was like I feel like this purse storyline could have very well been like a crossover or like a, I don't know, like yeah. a sequence or something from Feds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would have made more sense than the Roslyn thing. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I kept thinking that they were going to find a way to like tie it in, but they didn't. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, obviously like that well the first thing we get with them is like the sneak peek that we got um mm-hmm. last week um selena brought like she was like brought the person she's like I, you know have this handbag or whatever but she like brought it in because she like found like just a few like literal few um yeah. like diamonds in it and <laughs> she's like well i you know i just wanted to bring it in because like this is obviously like not you know a good thing but you know just want to know like if some if there's more to it than just this um and she's obviously regretting that as soon as like laura and brendan are like ripping open the lining like even further and there's even more diamonds in it um every time they like ripped it she was like ah yeah she was like oh no yeah i knew i should have kept this to myself yeah oh my god (laughs) 
I felt so bad for her. She was like, oh, no, I know you did not just rip my bag. (laughs) She was, like, so torn up about it. And I was like, Elena, you are a mood. Um, Although it was also funny, though, when she mentioned um, to her uncle, she's like, yeah, the bag costs, like, $2,000. And he's like, Elena. And she's like, well, like, you know, (laughs) gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. I like how she... She like corrected Garza, right? Um, because you know, what did he say? He said it was a purse and she said it was a handbag. Yeah. Yeah. Um and um so I just I like their dynamic too. Like I hope we get more of like the like familial like scenes for them mm-hmm. too. Um and so obviously, like, since there are even more diamonds, this is going to, you know, open a full investigation on it. So um, Elena is not getting her bag uh, back anytime soon. Um, and so they, like, take it to, um, like, the lab to be, well, the diamond's still allowed to be analyzed anyway. Um, and, like, Elena is mainly working with, like, Brendan and Laura on this part. So, like, um, the, those two, like, go um to the lab and they um are told that like the diamonds were stolen from an armed courier out of uh, LAX four months ago and they're worth like two million dollars um and so as they like dug deeper like they go back to the briefing room and whatnot and um Garza pulled like intel and said that like that how the heist went down was like one woman would literally like lay like flat on the ground and like be like in distress essentially like causing the the people to get out of the vehicle Mm -hmm. and then the other well they said they use like unsub so the other um unsub would then like tase the driver so they could get um the diamonds out from the uh vehicle and so um one obviously like two women pulled off the heist and like laura was like an all women or all female uh heist crew respect and i was like fair because like you don't normally hear Mm -hmm. of like all women like committing like felony crimes um and elena had like her part of the job was like tracking down like the original um seller like from the uh, website and um, the site responded to the warrant and the original seller of the bag was Denise Palmer um, and Garza was like okay well let's like you know contact her and Elena's like we can't she's dead um, yeah and like so she was um, Denise was uh, sadly shot and killed in front of her house like the night of the diamond heist so like there well I guess more like Laura's first assumption was like that it was a double cross and like her partner was the one that um could have done it um but they do need to like you know dig into Denise's life a little bit more and just get a little more background on her so that's why um Brinson like brings in Denise's husband to like question him um and because like it wouldn't make any sense as um Garza pointed out that like if Denise has been dead for four months like who's the one yeah. that sold Elena the bag um and so he had copped to it um, to, like, you know, sell the bag to, like, you know, help kind of, you know, move on from, you know, his wife's death. And um, 
they're alluding to like Denise being involved since she like worked at LAX and like meanwhile he's like oh well no that can't be right like I just can't believe that she would you know be involved in this and like I was on a business trip in you know, San Francisco or whatever like I had you know no idea what she was doing while mm-hmm. I was gone um and so like he they kind of just like keep like sort of believe him or like take him at his word like for now yeah um and so like a little bit later um Elena had done some more digging and discovered that uh Denise had met with a guy named Logan Anders for drinks and he's an armed courier um with like the um, Emerald Security Company even though he like wasn't on the like or what they say on duty like the at the exact time of the heist like they still could have gotten information like from him and he could have still been a part of it yeah. so um that's why brenson they have him in the box next to question um and logan had said that denise well denise had said her name was thelma so thelma had asked him like about all the things that he did as a courier um and then her friend louise showed up fishing for info too and <laughs> Logan, being the so smart guy that he is, didn't put two and two together of like Thelma and Louise asking for info to commit this crime. Like, yeah. Oh, it was just funny. Although it gave us a good, you know, Brenson moment of them like, yeah, smiling, almost laughing at each other at like the comical, um, you know, conclusion that this came to of like, so you didn't think these two women named Thelma and Louise like that that wasn't weird that they're asking you for information um he also kept being like she was really smoking or like and then like backtracking I was like oh my god every single time he would like (laughs) glance over at Laura and then be like I mean intelligent he's really intelligent or you know had a really artistic tattoo and I'm like dude why yeah (laughs) like it was it was just it was comical um and so they kind I mean they kind of get a little bit of information because obviously they know that there's like this second um they know the second person was like more involved in this part and so but they don't know like who uh it is yet but the tattoo helps since it's like a you know easily identifiable like marker um, so Elena was actually able to find Luis through that um, and her actual name is Aria Lansing and um, she had like called Laura to tell her this and Laura's like okay we'll go, we'll go you know pick her up right now and she's like I already did and then she's like okay well then like wait you know and she's like oh well we're already down at this, you know, the mid Wilshire station yeah. um, and so they head down there to uh talk to aria um and i just thought it was like funny how laura was like i don't know if i should be threatened or not <laughs> like by <laughs> elena's like over involvement yeah um, this was fun though because i liked it kind of like alluded to her like wanting to do more like yeah uh, like the end scene that we got with like yeah. her and garza so I thought it was nice and then like Laura didn't give her like slack for it either so yeah it was, like that was good also I just need Elena to like stay with the team oh, for sure 
Like I just, I just, I need more of her. So, yeah. yeah. Um. So they talked to Arya. She didn't have anything to do with Denise's murder, like because according to her, she was like Denise said she was going to like unload like her, her portion of like the diamonds in Belgium, but then just like not come back, like get a one way ticket. She was gonna stay there, not return at all. Um. And so since, like, Arya wasn't the one that, like, killed Denise and, like, they weren't really, I mean, like, they were, like, work friends, but, like, not, like, you know, mm-hmm. super tight, like, BFFs or whatever. So it's not like she had, like, a major personal stake. So it wasn't like, you know, Denise was trying to get away from her. Yeah. But then Laura turns back to Brennan and she's like, one guess who this points to, like, who else would she try to get away from mm-hmm. other than her husband? um and so um he's like brought back in i thought it was interesting that like laura was like the just like just her questioning him yeah um but you know though she's little she's fierce like she she really like she just you know set like ran down his profile like yeah like a boss and was just like here's what happened like you drove back to san francisco you're to San Francisco, you killed her in jealous rage because you, know, you saw her at the hotel and you thought that she was having an affair. So you followed her back and then shot her at home. And he's mm-hmm. like, No, I didn't do that. And she's like, Well, here's what else I know. Like, you know, yeah, you're you're an abuser. Like this, you know, you get angry, like you get angry, you felt threatened, you were jealous that night, and like you just you did it because you confronted her and you're weak. And then that's when he gets angry, tries to like grab her arm, but she puts him down flat like the badass that she is. So Yeah. Can't can't mess with Laura for sure. Um and so obviously I'm assuming that he's like read his rights, arrested yeah. and like, you know, put put away for that. Um and so like the end kind of for like the bag um like uh, well uh Garza had like talked to Elena about it and was like so like what like what was this whole thing about and she had bought the bag to sell it for like two times the price because it's like her side hustle because she has student loans to pay um and you know he was like okay well like you don't you know like I mean, you make you make an okay like amount of money, but you don't make you know like two thousand dollars worth right. of enough money to like be doing that all the time. And she's like, "No, I know, but I'm like you know, I'm happy here. Like, don't exactly know what I want to do yet, but you know, like when she does, she'll let him know." Yeah, like he's happy that like to hear that she's happy. So, um, yeah. So it was like a nice moment to end on. Because, I don't know, I just thought it was kind of refreshing, you know, because it's, like, she's, you know, I'm assuming, like, a, you know, young 20-something. Yeah. So, it's, like, not everyone does know what they want to do right out of the gate. So, yeah. I just need more backstory on her. Like, how did she get the job? Like, how did she first feel about it? Like, I just, I want yeah. more backstory on her. Yeah. I mean, it was nice. We got the little, little tidbit of, like, you know, she was just a temp there for, like, a year. Yeah. And now it just turned into something, you know, more so yeah 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 I don't know I just 
I like that we got to have like an Elena kind of like focus storyline this episode. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then we have Brendan and Antoinette. Um, it was just kind of like a little so- side storyline. Um, but Laura's like looking over Brendan's case notes and she's like, these are a little fabricated. It's an FBI case report, not fan fiction. Like you should stick to the facts. And I was just like, you go, Laura. Like you tell them. <laughs> I mean, as a writer myself, I was like, yeah, Brendan, you go embellish. That's fine. You do you, kid. I'm like, <laughs> but I mean, I get it. You do have to stick to the facts, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, a little creativity never killed nobody. No. So. I also just like love when she like gives him shit though. I'm just <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. I just love it. So then we see them get out of the elevator and, you know, Laura starts walking to the fishbowl and as Brendan, like, stops her, they, like, watch Antoinette and he's like, you know, anytime, like, I say something to her, she just ices me out. And I'm just like, oh, Brendan, like, you just think that everyone is supposed to like you, don't you? Like, you are just a precious little dean. And I thought it was so funny. He just, like, stopped Laura from walking just so he could, like, tell her this, like, you know yeah persistent like issue that he's having Mm -hmm. like dude what do you think she's gonna say she's not the warm and fuzzy type yeah so then laura's like well she doesn't like anyone and just put away like your actory needs to be loved to self and like don't try and charm her because it'll just like piss her off more and laura's like the last thing we need is for future lab results like that we need to take a nosedive down on the priority list and as they're walking away, Laura, it's just like, you can't win everyone over. Like, accept that challenge. And I, again, I just love how Laura, like, gets in those one, like, sassy line. And that's just it. Like, we don't need anything else from Laura Stenson. So Brendan and Laura, like, got to talk to Antoinette about the bag. And when they see that she's on the phone, Laura's like, okay, well, we'll come back later. Like, it's not a big deal. And Brendan's like, you're afraid of Antoinette, aren't you? And Laura's like, what? No. Like, she deflects by telling him that to be cool. And he's like, hey, I've got this. Like, you know, cool is my middle name. Yeah, cool is my middle name. I was like, okay. Yeah. Well, when you say that, cool is, in fact, not your middle name. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, but see, now I want to know, like, what his middle name actually is. (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, maybe in one of the next few episodes, we'll get that because we're going to meet his dad. So, yeah. So then Brendan's like walking back with Laura from interrogating and here's Antoinette on the phone again and he like scares her when she turns around and he's like right there. And he understood some of her conversation and says that he has a bottle of her family's 96 Syrah from his agent and he just like compliments it or whatever. And he tells her that he's sorry that her family's being so hard on her and she snaps back and she's like, you should be sorry that you eavesdropped on my conversation. And he tries to smooth it over with French, I think, and says that like he knows exactly what she's like going through. And we find out that his dad forced him into acting when he was a kid. Like it was his dad's dream, and when it didn't work out, it became a dream for Brendan, and he was obsessed with having, you know, Brendan succeed. So Brendan like remembers all the pressure and he tells her that like he's glad she's pushing back and wishes he had done it sooner. Which like I kind of forgot that we were supposed to meet that we're supposed to meet his dad in like mm-hmm. uh episode pretty soon. So it's like oh week, or I mean this I mean tomorrow. <laughs> so I can't speak. Tuesday when you're listening to this. Yeah. yeah. 
Wait, is that the episode then with Lucy with the shirt? I think so. Unless I'm thinking okay. about something else, but I don't think. I honestly just get them all mixed up because between the episode descriptions and then the episode like photos, <laughs> yeah. I if just... I'm wrong, I apologize, but I'm ninety eight percent sure that I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> So then, like, Brendan's leaving for the day, like, after his shift or whatever, and he runs into Antoinette, and he's like, you know, I'm happy to see you. And she's like, why are you chipper, like, all of the time? And he's just like, oh, well, it's my thing. And she's like, it's annoying. And Laura just, like, walks by, and she's like, yikes. But it tracks. And so, like, he goes over to his desk to see that there's a bottle of wine there, the 96 Syrah, and he just, like, looks over to see Antoinette looking at him and, like, kind of smiling. And, I don't know, at this point, I'm like, okay, I can get on board with them, but also, like, are we doing the angst thing? Because, I don't know, I've already got that on (laughs) one show, and I don't really feel like having it on another. Yeah. Well, because it was funny, because, like, when Laura was like, like, what is that? And, like, who's the room? was like, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you being weird? Yeah. But yeah, but yeah it was yeah. cute. Yeah, that's kind of it for like the Brunson and Antoinette stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just thought it was so funny. I was not um expecting Kevin to speak French. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I just wasn't expecting it to go there because I thought like it was going to be one of those things where, like, Brendan really just didn't understand, like, a word of, like, our conversation at all. Yeah. But then he came back and I was like, okay, never mind. Yeah. Like, he knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so we just had a little bit, um, like, of an additional, like, you know, because there was this Simone and Dina and, like, Cuddy and Ruth um, <clears throat> double date semi-disaster because like it was going (laughs) sorry had a momentary vocal malfunction my goodness um it was going like relatively well like Mm -hmm. sort of although it was so funny though oh my god like when um barlow like had made simone like makes a phone call whatever on the plane then she's like when we get to 30,000 feet, I'm throwing your ass out. Like, yeah. she was like, I hate you for making me do this. Like, why? But, I mean, it turned out to be okay. Like, they're, the double date's actually going well. Like, they're discussing music and, like, Nina, Simone. And, um, you know, Simone, like, looked over at Cuddy and she was like, and you thought it was going to be weird. And it was like, yeah, yeah. Um, and then his friend uh, Mel stops by to drop off like some more vinyls, um, and he like kind of makes like an off-putting comment about like mistaking Dina for a guy. Um, but then like Simone corrects him, and he's like, you know, this is actually my girlfriend Dina. Um, but he makes it worse by then like saying, you know, well well he like is turning to Cuddy and like they're like kind of starting to walk away or whatever so like you think like oh okay maybe he's not gonna say anything else but he does um he's like you know well she might as well you know date a dude and like obviously this upsets um Simone's dad and he like jumps to you know her defense but like Ruth is like bothered by his yelling because like she's been around that before like she doesn't need to be around that again um 
So, like, she, you know, I mean, like, so everyone kind of disperses and, like, obviously the date night has been, like, ruined um, because of that. Um, And, like, later in the episode, um, because, like, Cuddy and Ruth are not, like, talking, like, in between, like, those two scenes at all. Um, but he does talk to Simone and is like, you know, I know I shouldn't have lost my temper, but no one, like, talks down to, you know, his child. And Simone kind of, like, asks him, well, like, do you have to understand, like, why or who I, you know, choose to love? And he's like, no, but he's like, I know I acted, like, you know, a fool. And, like, you should have just told Mel that, like, love is love. And that's, like, that's all there is to it, pretty much. Um, and... So he's, like, kind of worried, like, well, okay, what if, like, you know, Ruth's not going to talk to me anymore? Like, so it's, like, this dilemma with him. Um, and then the um, Dina actually stops by with flowers and, like, kind of Simone, like, starts to assume that they're, like, for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're actually, like, Dina's giving the flowers to Cuddy to give to Ruth um, because they're her favorites, you know, and that can, you know, because... Dina tells him, you know, he's like, my mom, you know, really likes you. And like, you know, these are her favorite flowers. So like, you know, you can, you know, go like, you know, make this like effort. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Cuddy's like out the door in five seconds flat. He's like, okay, I'm gone. Like, bye. Um, and then, you know, it was like nice because it like allowed um, Dina and Simone to like have like time together. Um, and she like, apologize for like not talking like not telling Simone or like talking with her about telling Ruth that they were dating um and you know Simone's like well you know you're not the only one like you know there's a you know the blame can kind of go around like you know not the only one at fault and so we got like nice you know affectionate moment for them and like it's just cool to have like a you know lgbt relationship like portrayed on screen and like main character you know people of color like and i mean i'm sure it's just obviously like that chemistry is obviously natural given that you know nisi and jessica are like married but still it's just like you can just tell like it just flows naturally for them and it's just yeah we'll see that like on screen and again like the relationship and like her sexuality isn't questioned like it could be I mean it was brought up and like you know the guy like talked bad about it but but it's like she's not like bothered by you know because like she's just so completely 100% comfortable yeah yeah she's like this is my girlfriend this is who you know this is who I'm going to you know date might be a guy might be a girl might not have you know yeah any you know um you know gender label at all like you know she's what does she say an equal opportunity lover Mm -hmm. so that is that is what Simone like continues to stand by and I just think that's again just awesome to like yeah have that like she's not wavering from that you know yeah 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 so we just really have like one listener thoughts um and it was from mindy and she said i like seeing carter and simone continue to bond cuddy is becoming one of my favorites 
Her friend was played by his friend was played by Tim Ross from Star Trek Voyager, who is an all good guy in real life. Um, Elena on the first turned out to be a very interesting case, and I loved getting to see Allison Scaglotti, I think is how you say her name, mm-hmm. in her small role. I know her best from Warehouse 13. Um, she also said Brendan and the woman from the lab just goes to show how much sunshine he truly is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I know there were like a lot of people when I had like posted that, like, well, because like feds had dropped a few more like promo photos of Allison's mm-hmm. character or whatever, and I was like, I had to do a double take because, like, I couldn't believe this was, like, Mindy from Drake and Josh. And everyone yes. was like, I know her from Warehouse 13 or, like, something else. Like, she does, like, music, I guess, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, she, like, fronts a band. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, here I was yeah. knowing her from, like, Nickelodeon. Right? And a bunch of other things. Yeah. So, I got, like, some education out of that. So, it was cool. Yeah. She always, like, played the mean girl, like, yeah. in the Nickelodeon days. Because even mm-hmm. in, like, Zoe 101 or something mm-hmm. she was in. So. Yep yeah yep. yeah, yeah no, brendan and antoinette at the end i mean he was just like so thrown off and i was just <laughs> like oh you sweet little bean yeah yeah but then at the same time he was like i just was, i just am like you know, yeah i'm just <laughs> chipper yeah <laughs> like, it's annoying oh my god like so good i feel like i just think it'd be fun like if antoinette like sticks around though because then it's just literally it's like brendan's the sunshine and you have antoinette on one side and then laura's on the other side being like stop being so yeah 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 even if it doesn't go anywhere like it would just be funny to see the three of them and like the women just like gang up on him yeah 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 um did we have any other notes on beds i don't think so it was a good episode yeah i'm excited for next week for sure yeah me too i just loved their like or not next week outfits today's episode oh yes yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i just loved their like undercover outfits and like the makeup too Uh i was like a makeup person so i was like simone's blue eyeshadow i was like here for it yeah it was just fun i just liked all the all the detail (laughs) Like was just it was mm-hmm. fun to see, yeah. Um, so that is it for us. As always, you guys can find us on Twitter at the Shop Talk Pod underscore, or email us at Shop Talk the Ricky Podcast at gmail dot com with all of your thoughts. And you can find us individually on Twitter too. I'm at Carrie Hyman and Jennifer. I'm at jsarke04. And you guys can also find us on TikTok now. We're at the Shop Talk Podcast underscore uh, there. And Jennifer has been posting lots not, of fun. Yeah. Well, okay, not like lately, lately, but like yeah. still, there's like fun I, videos still that are up there that are like yeah. so fun. I, I just, need to get on that. They're great because, like, I will continue to say, I know nothing about TikTok. This is all jennifer is like baby and she's running with it so well it is because i know nothing like i will watch tiktoks like occasionally people send them to me but like that's it like i don't i don't have the app on my phone i don't like peruse the like it's the like watch again or like watch related ones like i'm not that kind of person that like scrolls it's a black hole honestly i i have so many sounds saved 
and so oh, many lovely <laughs> ideas I just haven't had time to like do them but yeah no. I need to because yeah but mm-hmm. yeah TikTok is fun and it's a huge time waster but mm-hmm. like also I find myself on TikTok more than like I find myself on other social media platforms lately which that's also yeah. what I've heard from people is like they're yeah. like always on TikTok I'm like I'm over here on Instagram. <laughs> like I, I just feel like there's only so much scrolling that I can do on Instagram before I get bored yeah. because it doesn't like update. And Twitter, I just feel like is a dumpster fire half the time with like fandom. <laughs> so like fair. you know what? TikTok's a little bit more fun. It's a little more like engaging with the videos. And my algorithm is very odd. So mm-hmm. not odd, but a bunch of like just random but fun things no it's like very specific to me sometimes I get freaked out by it so interesting (laughs) yeah yeah kind of odd but yeah um and then if you like this episode and you know shop talk we would appreciate if you guys left us a rating and review it just really helps us out and as always we have our tea public store lots of lots of rookie merch I apparently can't speak um yeah. i don't know if there are like sales happening there's usually usually sales but we'll yeah. obviously like keep you guys posted when there's ones that are going on yep um, but yeah there's still just like lots of fun stuff i mean you know stickers shirts like you can get any design really basically anything. made into anything that you want like a mug yeah. magnet it's great yep, yep. laptop sticker Mm-hmm. like or cover or thing. like yeah just literally anything a notebook yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and next week we'll be back covering 507 of the rookie and 106 of the rookie feds so that is it we will talk to you guys next week then yep yeah. bye everyone bye guys go get them boo